Jesse Prescott is the owner of Kokoro Movement. Jesse is a massage therapist from Flagstaff, Arizona, specializing in integrated health and kinetic therapies. Jesse is my guest today. What's up, everybody? My name is John Campioni, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about you, Jesse, and uh, you know, have everybody uh, understand kind of the situation at hand with everything we've been talking about. But uh, Jesse Prescott, out of uh, you're in Flagstaff, correct? That's correct, Flagstaff, Arizona, and I'm a licensed massage therapist and have been so for the last five years. Um, you know, wasn't really a lifelong athlete, but kind of found my athleticism back in 2010. Well, maybe earlier than that, but that's when I started uh, mixed martial arts training. Uh, wow. Moved on to uh, jujitsu after that um, because I had one cage fight and immediately decided that that wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> uh, started training solely jujitsu because then nobody can punch me in the head. Um, and then found CrossFit after that. But one of the main things that uh, was my driver was just these nagging injuries that I was always having um, and how important being an athlete was to me and my identity. So I didn't want anybody else to experience those nagging injuries. So I went uh, to try out for uh, getting my prereqs for uh, physical therapy school. Um, that ultimately didn't work out. The local massage school took uh, financial aid um, so I jumped on that and have just been off to the races ever since. And I couldn't be happier. So were you in MMA and then, uh, progressing into jujitsu, uh, before you became a massage therapist or even thought about getting yes. into healthcare? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started MMA, I actually started back in 2007. So I trained for three years before I did my first cage fight. And then I started, uh, my massage practice in early 2015. Oh, wow. Cool. So, yeah. um, was that, would you say that that was the absolute catalyst is just the, the, the injuries that you sustained and then seeing some of your, your friends and uh, other athletes sustaining those injuries and you wanted to get into healthcare to help them? Yes. And, uh, you know, after a while you just kind of have to be an adult. Right. So it's funny, like the, the more I progress into this life, the more I understand like, man, when I was 18 and I, graduated high school, I had no idea what to do. So just thinking that you should just have an idea of what you want to do indefinitely at 18 is bananas. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> and at that point, you know, I was really, I was a CrossFit coach, but I wasn't making a whole lot of money. Um, I met my uh, future wife at that CrossFit gym and, you know, we were really getting into settling into this relationship. And I just realized, man, I got to find a career and I got to do it now. And so my dad's been a massage therapist for uh, 22 years. So he was really um, kind of the forefront of my decision to jump on that. So as a massage therapist, you, you know, having followed you for a number of years and, and, and talking to you on your, on your podcast, you, you have, I guess you could still say it this way. And I don't mean this in a mean way to anybody listening, but you are in, in, in a lot of eyes, a non-traditional massage therapist, because you deal with a lot of movement. You deal with a lot of not only soft tissue, but different techniques and, and systems that involve much more than just hands-on an hour patient on the table, passive. Um, what helped you really understand that you needed to, or wanted to evolve 
your practice from what you learned in school to what you're doing now? Uh, the short answer is frustration. And so, yeah. you know, having all my clients come back and come back and having the same issues over and over again and just being frustrated, why isn't this working? And so yeah. what do I need to know? And, um, you know, the first thing was breathing, you know, so that's where, that's what led me to, um, the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization courses is, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are under chronic stress. And so they're taking these short, deep panic breaths up into their chest all the time, which then leads to a lot of neck pain and upper back pain and all that stuff, because those muscles aren't made to do that. So that was one of the first things, um, that I jumped on was the DNS bandwagon. And, uh, mm -hmm. so I took a uh, exercise one and then I took a uh, DNS exercise two and I met a man named, uh, Mitch Peretz, who is a chiropractor out of Boulder, Colorado and has been for, uh, 40 years. And that's where I got introduced to muscle testing and mm -hmm. the different way of doing things. And so he uh, worked on me for an hour. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, I had a, a really bad back injury um, back in uh, 2013, um, and just it was it was recovering, but not as well as I would like. And so this was uh, late 2015 when I finally met this guy, and after an hour of him working on me, my back pain was gone, and I mm -hmm. my deadlift started going up. So I was like, "What is this?" So then I jumped on. Uh, the neurokinetic therapy bandwagon after that. Um, but everything kept pushing me back to movement because yeah. people don't feel pain when they're lying down. They feel it when they're moving, you know? So then, and uh, um, man, the anatomy of motion guy, his name is slipping me right now, but uh, you know, one of his, uh, one, is it John Ames? No, God, no. what is that guy's name? But anyway, like Dalton. one of his, nope, that's not it either. Um, Damn it. <laughs> I know. And my book is at my office. Um, so I, uh, one of his favorite quotes is, um, as soon as your feet hit the ground, everything changes. And so that's yep. where I started to realize that there needs to be this blend between what I'm doing on the table and what I'm, what they're doing off the table. So, um, my business is just constantly evolving based off of what I'm learning, but a, a, a majority of my uh, education is be, has been in the rehabilitative side of things. That is uh, such a cool evolution of, of where you go. And I think this is something that everybody kind of experiences when they get out of school and they understand almost like this weird secret that just gets exposed is like, oh gosh, I didn't learn everything I need to know in school. And you get, it's almost like the, the stages of grief as you start to get angry and then into denial. And then eventually you accept it and realizing, well, school set my foundation. And then I have to go out and start to explore all of these different options too. And like we said, you have a very kind of evolved massage therapy practice, utilizing a lot of different movement specialties and techniques. Are you still doing a lot of like one-on-one -on -one hour long massages with individuals or when someone comes to you, do they know this is what I have to expect? You're going to get up and you're going to get moving. Yes. Um, and it, it greatly depends on, so the, the assessment, right? So I don't really call them massages anymore. I call them assessments and, and, you know, I've learned a lot of stuff over the years. So, and I've, uh, really worked hard at integrating everything based off of what I need 
on what that person is presenting on the table. And right. so, and the understanding that each time they come in is a different assessment. So you just can't assume that the, whatever pain they had when they came in the first time is the same pain they had when they came in the second time. So mm-hmm. um, if it gets to the point where they're coming in once a week for uh, one hour body work sessions, then I just start signing them up for a personal training and then go that route so that they can start moving better and feeling better. And, um, that's, and progressing from there. And so that's, uh, eventually how I started my current, uh, coaching practice is, uh, just dealing with people like that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your practice. What's it called and, uh, and where it's located. So, uh, my practice is called Kokoro movement and, um, we are located in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm teamed up with another guy. His name is Brendan Cabral, we have a very similar uh, mindset and we started up a gym called the Flagstaff Movement Collective. Um, And I have my office in the back there. So, you know, we just worked really, really well together. Um, And like I said, it's just uh, like, I'm gonna use this downtime to work on my elevator pitch because it's really difficult right now. (laughs) So you're a massage therapist, Mm, kind of. Yeah, (laughs) kind of. And so, you know, it's like working really hard to integrate all that stuff, like I said, and, and, you know, sometimes people come in and then they start to move and then, oh, this is hurting me really bad. Cool. Let's get on the table, figure it out and then get them back in the gym. How's this moving now? Just that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I'm, uh, uh, Dr. Andrea Spina is really my power animal when it comes to that, where, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, if you are doing like a release in the hips or the shoulders, then you need to give it adequate sensory input to tell the brain essentially what it's supposed to do. Because like once you have the understanding that the brain is just in this little cave up in your head, it can't understand the world unless you have sensory input coming in. Right. So like if you do, you know, one of the most common releases I do is for like piriformis right so like if you release the piriformis and then you just send them on without their day without having them take that hip through its full range of motion then it's just going to jump right back to where it was Um, Mm -hmm. and so we need to understand that whatever you're releasing is providing you with a temporary window of opportunity to create a permanent change there and so that's where a lot of that movement really comes in handy and i believe that movement is the uh the ultimate um practice to longevity in keeping this work that we're doing on the table permanent how did you name your practice so that's an interesting question so um i there's a uh a man named mark divine he's a former commander in the navy seals and he owns a company called seal fit um so this started to come to prominence right when I started CrossFit back in 2010 and he had a, or he still has a camp for um, civilians called the Kokoro camp where people go and do like 24, 48 hour um, Navy SEAL training essentially. And so as a civilian, you can just go subject yourself to that torture if you see fit. And um, so then I got really intrigued and I looked up, what Kokoro meant and it translates from uh, Japanese and it's uh, translates to heart, but not the organ, the spirit. Right. So then 
um, when I was in massage school, I figured that would be a good kind of transition from my warrior past to my healer future. That's really cool. I didn't know that. So specifically the, not, not like Bushido, like the fighting spirit, but mostly more about the heart and, and the spirit, the, the will you put into what you do. Right. So like resilience, uh, determination, you know, so, um, and that's what I'm trying to build in myself, especially in like crazy times, like we're experiencing now, um, yeah. build into my clients, um, you know, cause mindset's everything, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, when it comes to healing, because yeah, I mean, it, the more I get into this practice, the more I understand how weird we are as humans. Cause like you can, <laughs> you know, like once you start understanding like the biopsychosocial model, the pain, then you're just like, God, there's times where we can just really just create these symptoms just because yeah. we don't want to do something, you know, like, yeah. just yeah. like, you know, cause I've had clients who have, created like back pain symptoms just because they hate their job and they don't want to go back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like a subconscious thing and God, we're just so weird. So I'm just trying (laughs) and the more I learn, the more I understand that we're all just trying to figure it out, you know? And yeah, um, I was talking to Dr. Christworth on my podcast the other day about, you know, even just the evolution of rock tape since I took it back in, 2010 or 2015 i'm sorry until now it's like a completely the fmt has changed so many different times just in that five years it's crazy it really has um that's when i uh started with rock tape and uh uh, technically like 14 at the end of it i i went in and, and was worked through my first class and then i started teaching on my own january of 15 and i can tell you just from firsthand experience how much it has evolved, but you said it perfectly within your own practices. You have to change and evolve. You have to realize some of the newer knowledge that's coming out. What's weird to think about is that it's not that the human body has changed within those five years, but what we understand of the human body has changed so much within those five years. So yeah, it's pretty amazing to see that. So how did you kind of first get into rock tape? You've been, you know, 2015, we only had tape. We didn't have anything else. Yeah. Um, then following year is when we actually first introduced blades and yep. tools and then getting into pods and floss, but you were around with rock tape, uh, uh, all the way when it was just tape. How did you find rock tape? What made you get into this particular brand, um, and, and take the education? I'm telling you, man, it's the same exact story as everybody else. It's bananas. Like, so, you know, cause like I, uh, said, you just have all these bumps and bruises and nagging injuries from this martial arts practice. Like, you know, we're literally trying to beat each other up every day. And so, yeah. you know, getting kicked in the knee or, or blocking a kick or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, one of my teammates started using the, um, the regular kinesio tape, right? And it was really good. And I fell in love with that stuff. I'm like, man, I can keep training with this. But then, you know, as they started to rise to prominence, their, their stickiness just started to go away, which is just really frustrating. And then, you know, just searching online. Um, I just had an epiphany, by the way, like everything is driven by frustration for me, which is pretty funny. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I do, man, you're talking and you're talking to someone or a group and then you're having other conversations in your own head. I do that all the time. My students, my students think I'm stuttering and I don't know what I'm talking about, but actually what I'm doing is talking to them 
on autopilot and then I'm thinking about something else. So like, I, know. I stop myself and like, <laughs> yeah. And so awesome. it's, it's important to, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so, and then I was just looking online and then I saw this rock tape and I was like, I started investigating and it's the stickiest tape on the market. Great. That's what I need. Bought my first roll, um, and just started using it. Um, almost religiously on anything sure. and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, so then it got to the point where I was just taping everybody up and, and in the CrossFit gym and just, you know, st- that was the immediately upon graduating massage school. That's the first class I looked for. And I took it, uh, cool. at Exos down in Phoenix and it was just, yeah. Off to the races. Who, uh, who taught your class? Um, I don't even, I don't even know, to be honest. And I think that it's uh, it's really interesting because I've watched the um, rock tape staff kind of evolve into a tribe of mentors, really. Because, and the uh, that guy was really uninterested in teaching, it oh, seemed okay. like. So it was a really kind of dry and kind of boring class. And he was just kind of ho-humming through it, you know. And then I actually, uh, as soon as the Rock Blades came out, I bought a pair and then um, took the very first one that I could find in Arizona, which was down in Tucson. And it was just a wildly different experience. And ever since then, I just really started, uh, you know, paying attention and that's kind of when Instagram was rising up. And so anybody that was a rock tape instructor, I started following them and then just watching that kind of grow. And then, you know, the podcast thing started coming around and I was like, God, I need to talk to these people. And yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's funny this, uh, the going back to like kind of fear-based decision-making, like I have a, a bunch of friends that I was just trying to get on board with a podcast thing and none of them wanted to do it and I didn't know how to do it. And so, you know, I just jumped on and was just started sending messages to people. Hey, you want to be on my podcast? And I would say 99% of people are up for it. And I've only had a few people tell me no, but like for the most part, that's great. Yeah. It's really, really fun. And that's like, that's how I, uh, fill my, um, like I have an addiction to, information now and really just talking to these, you know, prominent people in our industry. And, you know, that's just that the podcast really fills that void for me. I love that phrase. I'm going to, I'm going to steal it from you and I'm going to credit you for it though. But that addiction to information, like that's where, that's where I am. Like my wife laughs at me sometimes when, when she sees me just looking through so much different stuff and you know, she's like, you just, you just love knowledge. You know, we, we just love knowledge. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I am more of a student now than when I was an actual student, when I was designated as a student in school after graduation, you know, 10 years into practice, I'm more of a student now because there's so much cooler stuff. Maybe there's pressure off about passing tests and stuff like that, whatever, but it is so much more fun now for me just to keep learning. And, and you're right. It really kind of opens up that, that realm to be able to talk to a lot of people. Let's talk about your podcast. You know, tell us a little bit about it. You kind of gave us uh, kind of an idea of where it came from, you know, what were some of the other catalysts for uh, starting uh, this podcast and, and, and where can we find it? Where are you now? So, And so the biggest catalyst was, you know, the more education courses I went to, the more people I talked to and the more I enjoyed learning. So like you just said, like when I was a student, I was, I was just 
really kind of just going through the motions and didn't really care. And so when I started taking all of these courses, um, everybody's so passionate about what they're teaching. Yeah. And it comes off as that. And so then I'm really excited about it. And so that's something I've been really thinking about a lot is, you know, um, is, you know, finding your why I think is really important. So, but also not just like what you do for a living, but why you do it, every technique that you do, every movement that you put somebody through, you have to understand your why, right? Yeah. And to, and, you know, when I'm going to, when I'm learning about a quadratic equation, I need to understand why I'm learning that. And if you can't explain that to me, then I don't care, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I was taking anatomy and physiology and we were going through, um, you know, the, the, uh, reproduction and, and going through women's menstrual cycle. I'm like, why does this matter? Who cares? You know what I mean? But now that I'm out of school and I understand that if a woman is seemingly healthy, but she's not having a menstrual cycle, that's a huge problem that we need to address. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, you know, the more I go, the more it's understanding the why behind things. And then going back to the podcast, you know, um, just that addiction of just, you know, going to these education courses and talking to people at lunch and talking to people after class and, and before class and just mm -hmm. how passionate they are. Like, that's one of those things that I'm really addicted to. And so yeah, I just, um, and then the other thing is there's, I was running into all of this incredibly prevalent information that I felt massage therapists needed to know, you know, mm -hmm. so that's why I started getting people on initially was because I wanted somebody who was um, more educated in me and these concepts to explain it a lot better. So, you know, um, the, um, the Gray Institute, the, the concept of functional muscle function, like who knows about that? Well, Adam Wolf does. So reach out to that guy, you know, yeah. and, um, and then, uh, before I took uh, DNS uh, exercise three, I was listening to Kabuki Strength podcast, and Dr. Philip Snell was on there, and he was talking about his uh, dermal traction method. And as I was listening to him, I was like, "Oh, that's what cupping is." Yeah. Shit. So <laughs> we've been. So this is what massage therapists need to understand if they're going to start to explain to clients why they are cupping. So then yeah. I got Dr. Philip Snell on there, um, and then you know, just kind of started going and then was realizing that majority of people really just wanted to talk about their stuff. And I'm just like, this yeah. is amazing. And, um, yeah. so, you know, it's just, uh, the podcast is called the, the Kokoro movement podcast, and, um, you can find it on iTunes and Spotify. Um, I'm going to start putting it on other platforms now that I have time because that's just the easiest way to people to access it. And now I'm just sure. I have all the time in the world. So just going to get it on <laughs> Podbean or whatever. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because that's one of those things where people are so afraid of starting, you know, well, I have to have a podcast studio and I have to have this and I have to have that. And I'm like, I just started with my phone and an app that yeah. recorded my phone calls. And then, you know, that app just, it worked for, 26 episodes and then i had this just phenomenal conversation with uh, dr joe lavaca and then it didn't record it and i was like oh my god 
And then <laughs> that is the worst thing that could possibly ever happen because you can't just recreate these conversations, you know? So then yeah, yeah. I had uh, that happen. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. And then I'm going to blame Joe for that. Let's just go ahead and blame Joe. Joe. Come on, Damn it, man. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we're trying so hard, buddy, and you're screwing everything up. But, uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, then I jumped on zoom and, uh, it's just funny that the evolution of everything now that I'm thinking about it. But, uh, you know, so I was going to an education course in San Diego and one of my really good friends in San Diego, I found out was actually coming to an education course in Phoenix. And I'm like, well, we're both going to be at the airport. So let's hang out at the airport. And so we, he flew in early with his friend, uh, Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. And we were just walked around the airport for like two hours, just talking about stuff. And, uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Seb Gonzalez has his own podcast. And so he invited me on it. Um, and, uh, you know, then I was on his podcast. He's like, so why don't you have a microphone? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're a podcaster, right? Oh, I guess, I guess I should get a microphone. I never even thought about it, you know? So then <laughs> I got a microphone and headphones and I just keep <laughs> going down this evolution. But you just like, you know, like Shante Cofield always says, just start doing what you're doing and then everything will work out. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, if I'm, uh, looking at it right, you're up to 67, uh, episodes, Sean Kingsman, yes. um, who, um, who I know well, uh, and, uh, Ethan was on there uh, yep. a couple episodes ago as well too. I bet that was a fantastic conversation. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to necessarily put you on the spot because I'm sure you get, uh, something from every different interview, but do you have any particularly favorite interviews uh some of the stuff that you just you didn't realize and maybe you learned something new or do you learn something new every time so that's uh that's really funny because it's and that's the other thing too is uh you know there's people that you get on like you know shante cofield's always one of my favorite people to just talk to so like mm -hmm. the way that i look at it is like i'm just having a cup of coffee with these people you know what yeah. i mean because initially when i started out i was like okay i gotta write out all these questions i gotta see what they you know, see what they say. And I got to have all this format. And then I just was realizing that my conversations were really clunky. So then I just started talking to people, you know, but then, um, uh, yeah. So my friend, uh, Dr. Ben Ramos, I, uh, mentioned him earlier. He's always fun to talk to. Um, you know, you're always a good time. It's, um, it's more about kind of being in the moment and being in the conversation for, for me. And then when I re listen to him later, uh, that's when I really learn stuff. Um, right. you know, so, um, yeah, you are putting me on the spot cause now I'm trying to remember names. <laughs> one, of the, one of the, I'm not uh, making you pick a favorite. I'm just saying, did right. you have any particulars? <laughs> so, uh, one of the, one of the guys from the integrated kinetic neurology, um, yeah, yeah he was really fun. Uh, cut, uh, Paxton, Dr. Paxton. Dr. Paxton. Yeah, he was really fun. And I, you know, once I re-listened to that podcast, I really learned a lot. Um, yeah, there's so many. And, yeah. you know, just all those people are personable anyway. And that's kind of why I reach out to them. Uh, one of my most recent ones that I was actually really intimidated by and kind of went back to, oh, my God, what's I going to talk to this guy about was uh, um, Chris Duffin from Kabuki Strength. So yeah. he's one of those people where I'm like, oh, this guy, I'll never have time. And then I reach out and he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh shit. That's what awesome. Talk about, <laughs> you know, um, 
pardon my French back there. But then, uh, you know, so somebody that I have on on Monday is Dan John. And I'm like really intimidated just because he has so much experience. And like, what do I talk to that guy about? And, you know, it's funny because that's why I hesitated with uh, Dr. Christworth also because he, like, you could talk to that guy about anything. He's one of those Renaissance men who's done everything. Mm-hmm. So eventually I was just like, well, I'll just talk to him about everything then, I guess. And that's <laughs> exactly. You really can. I, I, I can attest to that. I, I just spoke with Ethan uh, a couple of days ago and I see him a lot with rock tape and yeah, I, I pick his brain about everything. And sometimes we just start talking about nonsense. Too, I so. know. And that's like, and sometimes that's where my podcasts go, you know, um, it's just God, it's so much fun. It's, it's so much fun. Just, and I, yeah. there's times where I'm super busy with my job and then I yeah. realized that I haven't uh, had anybody on in a while. And I started looking around. Um, you know, I like to, like, uh, Courtney Conley was another good one, too, because I took their, uh, her and Joe's uh, first ever top-down, bottom-up course. And I just was, like, the knowledge that that woman has on just the foot is insane. Yeah. Like, and that's why they need each other, because if, like, she would just start going down this rabbit hole on the foot and then Joe would like do a little cough and then she'd be like, Oh, there's people here. Okay. I should continue teaching. You know, it's just really fun, man. And I can't, I can't recommend it more to people. You know, I'm like, I'm like the Joe Rogan where I'm just like, you should start a podcast and tell that yeah. to everyone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just knowing those two well, I just yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. To me. <laughs> great man, great. Uh, it it is. I you know I probably said this to you in an email or something like that, but I say this to everybody because I get a lot of guests that are like, "I'm not interesting. I don't know how to talk about myself," and I'm like, "We're just gonna talk. This uh, the best conversations are organic conversations, and right. people compliment me uh, about like." my question flow. And I'm like, I've just jumped off of what you just said because I was interested. Like I'm legitimately interested in what people have to say. And I, people almost act like I feign um, not knowing certain things. I, there's a lot I don't know. So it's easy for me to ask questions. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's so easy to just sit there and, and kind of learn at the, uh, the knowledge tree of all these individuals. That's really what the point is, I think. Right. Right. And it's uh and everybody's interesting, you know? And so that's what you, that's what I'm trying to tell people, especially uh, with everything that's going on right now, when people are kind of having trouble pivoting with what they want to do with their business or where to go next. And, and so are you a massage therapist? Yes. Have you, how long have you been in business? Five or six years. Cool. So guess who's not in business for five or six years. Somebody who's just starting out. Like, so they need the information that you have on how to get to where you are, you know? So like, do you want to be a sports massage therapist? Cool. Let's go talk to them. What do they know? Where are they going? Um, You know, do you want to just uh, open your own spa? Cool. Go talk to somebody, you know, and, and give them tips on what they want to do. Like, do they want to start a business where they have multiple employees? Cool. Get them on, talk about it. Like that's, everybody has information that everybody else needs, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's thousands and thousands of chiropractors out there and each person has their own specialty. You know what I mean? Like on our podcast, Courtney talked to me about how she calls you sometimes regarding 
specific patients, you know, and it's that, so everybody has information that everybody needs and we need to act that way, you know, and everybody has a story. Like, it's just, (laughs) I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at. Like everybody's interesting. You said exactly what I say all the time. Everybody has a story. Right. And so, yeah. yeah. And so when, when I get new clients, I'm excited to hear what they have to say. Why do you have back pain? Where did it come from? Where did you, have you played sports? Cool. What'd you do that? Where, you know, just really fascinating. And it's so, you know, yeah. uh, it's like, um, uh, Einstein's quote, like you have to go through life as if everything's a miracle or nothing is. And so, you know, it's a, and then Gary Vaynerchuk brought up the fact that like, it's the odds are 427 billion to one that you were even born. So that's pretty cool. You were born. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's an interesting perspective to look at. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, you know, as, as, as we uh, record this, it's, uh, it's uh, March 20th. Um, you know, this is kind of the first week of, of the, uh, uh, I believe it's a 15 day plan you know, quarantine, you, you alluded to it a couple times there too. So I'm curious, being a business owner, what are some of the things you're doing? What are some of the thoughts you're having uh, about, you know, what you need to do to kind of keep yourself going, keep yourself motivated, not freak out or anything like that, but also kind of help your clients without being able to uh, be, be with them? Wow, that's a loaded question. So it's really funny. Yeah. I, uh, so when I started my business, you know, um, that's when uh, Tony Robbins released his documentary on Netflix. And then I watched it and got super obsessed with that guy and wanted all the information that I possibly could. And one of the books that he always recommends to people is a book called The Fourth Turning. And it talks about how life goes in seasons. And the very first chapter just talks about how we're just going to have an inevitable situation like we're having right now where there's just going to be this global economic meltdown. And when I was just starting my business, I was like, I don't want to read this. This is terrifying. (laughs) You know? So I just shut the book and I never opened it again. Um, And so, you know, then it happens. Right. Um, And I remember, uh, so they shut my gym down on Tuesday Um, I remember I went to the grocery store to try and find some hand sanitizer, some isopropyl alcohol, and I didn't expect to find any, but I was just going to try it out. And I went to three different stores and what really got me was I saw 30 or 40 people that were just so exasperated and so defeated because they literally couldn't find anything that they needed. And then I just got super depressed and was really trying to, pull it together for uh, my clients who, um, you know, was going to get one of my last coaching sessions for who knows how long. And then I get home and um, our mayor gets on Facebook at about 8 PM and um, announces all these different closures. And I'm just, my anxiety shot through the roof, just just ridiculous. Like, and my wife is a nurse, so she had to go to sleep. I was trying to sleep, but all I could hear was my heartbeat just beating in my brain, like 150 beats per minute. And I just thought, well, I'm going to go into the living room and hyperventilate for 15 minutes, I guess. Uh, But I finally was able to calm down quite a bit. And I woke up the next day and was just like really invigorated and actually kind of excited, you know, like for this opportunity for me to figure out what I'm made of. 
Um, and so I, I immediately started reaching out, like I said, to all these different leaders in our industries, all the chiropractors, PTs, massage therapists, coaches, trainers, whoever. How are you guys doing this? Um, I started hosting um, free online kin stretch classes for people. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of work in um, at the end of 2019 to uh, put together a fitness program that helps people uh, mitigate stress. And, um, you know, after, and that was just a ton of work. And after I, uh, put that out, I was really burned out. So I didn't really work hard on selling it. Um, because that's part of the success is just creating it and having it available. And, you know, then I thought, well, I could sell that and that'd be pretty cool. But then I realized that there's a bunch of people out there that are really trying to sell stuff to people that don't really have jobs right now. So then I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to give it away for free. And so I started putting it online. Hey, if you need a home workout program, hit me up. This is minimal equipment and you know, I'll give it to you for free. And so I started doing that. Um, you know, really started, uh, thinking about like, what does my industry need? And, a lot of the massage therapists that I talk to um, go to these courses like rock blades or uh, neurokinetic therapy, especially, and just come home and they're just like, I don't know how to integrate any of this stuff. And so um, I started uh, writing an outline for an ebook on integrated manual therapy techniques and start putting that together. So I'm going to start writing that. I, you know, just, there's so much stuff to do that it's just bananas. I got a, I got a, uh, another interview that I'm going to post today, um, with a friend of mine, uh, Brian Nevison, who's a functional range conditioning guy, um, just out of Philly. Um, and you know, it's just interesting talking to everybody now because we're all in different spots all over the country and every, it's affecting everybody differently based on where they're at. Um, yeah. and you know, recording my home workouts and posting those online. So people have good ideas of what to do while they're at home. Because, you know, if you're like me, you love to eat and that's not conducive to getting into shape. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we need yeah. to, because being healthy is one of the ways that we fight this thing. So, uh, yeah. just, you know, just trying to be, uh, the best leader that I can, because I feel, um, as though our leadership has failed us as on the government side, you know, for a while, like, like our president was even, you know, poo pooing the fact that this was even a big deal. And then the next day he's like, Oh, this is actually a huge problem, which is what I think caused, you know, this panic where everybody's just buying everything that they possibly get their hands on, you know, is because yeah. we didn't have somebody that was saying this was a problem right at the outset. Um, so that was, I think that was leader, leadership across the board, honestly, you yeah. know, like it seemed like everybody who should have been paying attention to this, you know, nobody yeah. was taking it seriously and it's frustrating. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. And so, you know, just, um, for the first couple of weeks, I felt like I was in a, an extra in a movie. Like I didn't know what was happening. Just <laughs> everything was changing hour by hour. And I was waiting for somebody to come give us a direction. But now like I understand that, you know, if you're an owner of a gym, if you're a chiropractor or a trainer or a massage therapist, people need you. And so you need to be the leader in your own little community and yeah. um, continue that process because people need direction. So if it's just like, Hey, just take it easy, figure out, 
um, what you can start doing for people because massage therapy isn't it, but maybe you can deliver them food. Like we still need to serve people and make a, a positive change in the world because man, there's a lot of negative people just that are grossly impacting everybody like by buying all the toilet paper. It's ridiculous, you know? So we need to, we need to overwhelm that, which is going to be a pretty big task. So that's what I'm working on right now. That's a lot of stuff. And, you know, we were both, we were both saying that before we started. (laughs) Why is it toilet paper is what everybody ran to during a pan. (laughs) I mean, obviously those people have never thought of a survival situation ever. Like, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I I get the thought process. I just don't necessarily get the rationale. I guess. I guess. I I mean, are you going to eat paper? What's your plan? (laughs) It's like, do you really go to the bathroom that much where it's like how much are you using per session <laughs> i know let's talk about it I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's you know, just so. it seemed like an interesting thing to hear about being run out of <laughs> yes like the last thing that i would possibly ever expect to be honest with you but you know i um i'm all stocked up right now uh i keep going to the stores as long as they're open to get these little um odds and ends to help kind of prepare for maybe an eventual shutdown. Maybe we've yeah. done this social distancing right, right. And in a couple of weeks we can return back to normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, like it's literally day by day, hour by hour, this thing is evolving. So, um, you know, just yeah. that's where that neutral mindset is really important. Like, yeah. am I going to have a business? I don't know. We'll see. Like, yeah. you know, because well, I've, I talked to a lot of people who are like, if I close now, I'm not going to reopen. And that's really unfortunate, you know. That stinks. Oh, yeah, that's, man. That's, that's terrible to think about. So, yeah, that's where we need to reach out to everybody and kind of work together. So, right. yeah. I'm glad you're keeping yourself busy. There's a lot of stuff we can do. You know, it's great that we're doing this, you know, in 2020 where we have the ability to do a lot of things online communicate online and then also you know put up content um yeah at the end of the day i appreciate people like you that are putting stuff out for free but i you know i apologize for anybody who might be offended by making me taking kind of a business perspective from this but eventually those people will become your customers because they appreciate what you did for them when they needed it Right. So, you know, that's, that's, I feel like this is a good situation. If we want to put a silver lining to it is just understand that this is how you can uh, network and this is how you can grow uh, a following in a community just because you reached out to them when they really needed it. Right. And I think a really important thing that not very many people are thinking about, which uh, Sean Kitzman brought up in my podcast is uh, we um, as practitioners are going to have to have a really big ego check after all this is over because our economy is not going to be the same and we're going to have to follow suit. So, you know, there was, there's, um, you know, what everybody has to go through, what is my education level? What is my value? How much should I charge, um, in respect to the, uh, the local economy from where I am and, you know, so we might be like literally starting all over. So we should, yeah. you know, like I won't be able to charge the same amount when this is done as I did before it started. Um, we're, yeah. we're all going to have to suck it up and take a little pay cut so that people can still come in and see us. And uh, that's something I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, but we really have to start wrapping our head around it because well, yeah. you know, 
it's a, I don't know, we need to start preparing for that because we're literally starting all over again, starting from scratch. So I think that's really I mean, important. It makes sense. If no one can afford you, then you have no, no clients. Right. And so, and they're also going to appreciate that too. So this is, you know, all of the, the way that you're acting right now is going to pay off in the future, you know? So yeah. what the value that you're giving people right now is going to pay off later. And if you provide them the same phenomenal service at a rate that they can afford, then they will be clients for life or patients for life after that. Because that, I mean, at some point like this is, I think this is a huge wake up call and uh, helping people understand what's truly important. And that's the people around us and the community that we create. Right. And so how do we, how do we um, serve the people around us? I think that's really important. 100%. Very well said. Jesse, my friend, uh, tell people where they can reach out to you and maybe see some of the stuff that you're you're providing to uh, help them out in these times. Absolutely. So you can uh, hit me up on Facebook, just uh, Jesse Prescott, J-E-S-S-E-P-R-E-S-C-O-T-T. That's where I'm putting a lot of my links for my free online stuff. Um, I also um, have uh, a majority of my content is on Instagram and that's Kokoro. So K-O-K-O-R-O dot movement. Uh, So it's abbreviated though. So M is in Mary, V is in Victor, uh, M is in Mary, T is in Tom. Um, Kokoro.mvmt. Um, that's where I put a movement lot of movement without stuff. the vowels. Right, movement without the vowels. I like it. I never thought of that before. See, you're on point. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not. My website is uh, the best that I can get it right now, but I have plenty of opportunity to make it better. So that's a uh, Kokoro Movement uh, dot com, and that's uh, Kokoro Movement Podcast on uh, Spotify and Instagram. I'm pumping out of lot of content there um that's about it that's all the information i got for you right now definitely check out jesse he's got a lot of great uh content information out there definitely check out the podcast a lot of really great interviews um uh, across the board like you don't just have movement people you have a lot of uh docs and therapists and people from all over the place just kind of the entire realm of healthcare i really like tuning in and seeing some of the the interesting stuff that i never thought i would kind of study and be interested in myself Right on. Absolutely. I appreciate your support, my friend. Well, thank you so much, my friend, for uh, coming onto the podcast, taking the time to do so and chatting with me. Absolutely. The honor was all mine. I appreciate it a ton, man. We'll talk soon.